Happy Tuesday, Seattle sports fans. We have on tap for you on Locked on Kraken. We're going to talk about Maddie Beneers, and we're going to focus on good reads this Tuesday. Good reads from our guy, Ryan S. Clark, as promised on yesterday's show, and Jeff Baker on an interesting article regarding coaching changes and the Seattle Kraken. We're also going to wrap in some bet online odds. And speaking of changes, what changes is the Seattle Kraken coaching staff making to hopefully activate Oliver Bjorkstrand? All that and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey to the hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? I am your host, Erica L. Ayala of this here shindig, a.k.a. podcast, known as Locked on Kraken. We are a daily podcast covering your favorite NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. So, um... For those of you who've been around before, thank you so much for making us a part of your daily listen. For those who are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'll let you know a little bit about myself. I have been a sports writer for the last eight hockey seasons. Yes, I count in hockey seasons because that's how I got my start. I'm an analyst on the Premier Hockey Federation broadcasts. Uh, I work a lot in the women's hockey space. I was covering Maddie Beneers and Sarah Nurse at the last Winter Olympics and, you know, all that other boring stuff. Sometimes you got to put your credentials out there just so folks know what they're working with. So that's what you're working with here on Locked on Kraken. I am the first and only host of this podcast covering the Seattle Kraken. And I want to go back to a conversation we had on yesterday's show, which was, of course, about Shane Wright. In case you missed it, first of all, link in the show notes for yesterday's episode. But Shane Wright is now with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And we're going to get into another story that Jeff Baker wrote for uh, the Seattle Times. But I want to start here. This is something that I hope you go check out and read. Support your um, journalists and content creators. I believe strongly in that. Anyway, the article by Jeff Baker in the Seattle Times entitled Kraken Use Loophole to Briefly Ship top draft pick Shane Wright to AHL. And there's a one piece of information that I think is pretty informative here and is more or less what I kind of figured what would happen. But this is a quote that we get in Jeff Baker's piece that comes from Ron Francis. I'm going to quote the article here. Kraken general manager Ron Francis Ron Francis said by text Sunday that the team plans on, quote, calling him back here to play a game or two before making that decision. That decision being regarding if Shane Wright will be eligible for world junior hockey. Will he uh, come back to the Seattle Kraken? So I think it's really interesting uh, to, to see 
where the Seattle Kraken are regarding Shane Wright. It is a hot topic among the Seattle Kraken, you know, social media verse. Everyone has their opinion. I've been pretty solid on mine. I'm, I understand why people are frustrated that you're not getting a top prospect minutes, but I also don't see where he fits into this lineup right now for a lot of different reasons. At the beginning of the season, I didn't think the Seattle Kraken really had their crap together. As we know, another podcast talks a lot about cracking crap, insert other word. Um, so that was what I thought. But now you have the fourth liners. I mean, Morgan Geeky has earned his time. Sprong has earned his time. I think the only players, Coleman and Donato, are kind of in and out of the lineup. Though Donato, I have not been talking about my boy Donato a lot. Uh, you know, I always want to see him in the game. But, you know, those are the types of players that Shane Wright could potentially replace but then you are putting him out of position, excuse me, at the center position. So anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the next five games slash 14 or 13 now days. Um, but just wanted to flag that for you again, that full article in the show notes, but we're going to start the show or continue talking about Seattle Kraken prospects. I teased this on yesterday's show, so I want to get to it and i also saw that locked on kraken has actually been tagged in this article a few times but ryan s clark i'm a huge fan of ryan s clark first of all he's been a mentor to me when we were both covering the seattle kraken in the inaugural season i love that seeing him now be able to be a national writer over at espn but he was a beat writer for the seattle kraken anyway quote this kid's a player Colin, Maddie Beneers is making a big impact in Seattle. And if you listen to the show, this should be no surprise. I'm pretty high on Maddie Beneers. I said in my little open, you know, giving you my credentials situation that I did get to cover Maddie Beneers at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Very interesting time that I honestly am still processing nine months later. But Maddie, I did get to see him at that international stage. I got to cover him at the Frozen Four right before he officially came over to Seattle. So I've been following this kid for the last, you know, year plus, and I'm really high on all things Maddie Beneers. And what I liked about this article, though, is Ryan has a great way of storytelling, hence why it's I feel like Ryan's always one of my hashtag Goodreads. And if you're a little bit new, I, I, I go on and off. We are trying to do this every Monday, but I think that there's so much excellent reporting that's happening. And I really want to make sure that we have space, not just for what we might consider standard print journalism, but again, also creators. I want to create space to elevate and amplify the work that they're doing. And Ryan S. Clark is a master storyteller. And so the story, and this is on ESPN.com, but also check the show notes. You can find it there. Uh, it starts with this. I think this is a great open. Maddie Beneers won't read this or any story about himself. Beneers is so serious about this edict that he asked his parents to stop sending him articles that had anything to do with him. Humility means everything for Beneers. That is why he feels this is that's why he feels it is better to concentrate on other items in life other than what people say about him. I mean, all the blessings to this kid. I love that. And I think that 
explains a lot of his focus. And if you go through the article, again, this is by Ryan S. Clark on ESPN.com. He's now a national writer, a national NHL writer for ESPN. If you go through the article, you can really see the different elements and aspects that make Maddie Beniers more of a well-rounded person. If you've ever joined our watch parties on playback, you know that Maddie Beniers is uh, a fun guy. I've talked about it before. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, <laughs> he likes Broadway musicals and stuff like that. You know, it's it's just he's he's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun to um, and and he's well rounded, which I like. And I think in a way that really plays out in his game and also the dedication that he has. I love. I've talked about this before on the episode. He's really dedicated to. Um, being better and getting better. Um, and so I love that. And I think that does come from his family. Ryan does talk a little bit about his family, but he also talks about his teammates. Eberly, Jordan Eberly was quoted. Yanni Gord was quoted. Of course, he lives with Will Borgen. And that's, I think, the, the some of the quotes that have been making their way around regarding, you know, Mario Kart and stuff like that. Uh, but here's something that Maddie Benier said. And we're going to talk actually about this uh we've talked about the calder odds before we'll probably on them because again maddie veneers but um uh so what's it like to be veneers uh ryan clark writes how does he handle what comes with being first with what is it like to be veneers how does he handle what comes with being a first-line NHL center who could win the Calder Cup and help the Kraken now and in the future, all while doing it in a market that is still new to hockey? I have no idea, Benier says in a way that makes everyone around him laugh. I don't even think about it. I think I have high expectations that supersedes what everyone else's expectations are. I think for a lot of guys on this team, someone might say, you played a great game, and you might think you played awful. I feel the same. I feel like I am the same way. I think that, again, just speaks volumes to the type of person that Manny Beniers is. But if you read the article, and I won't give all of it away, if you read the article, he is, in, he is that way where he can focus so much and have such high expectations in hockey, but it doesn't um, take away from his ability to just have fun and enjoy his teammates, enjoy their families. He's uh, such a, a family-oriented guy. And Yanni Gord, he has a great story um, where that extends beyond just his teammates. Uh, but Yanni Gord said something akin to, and we've heard this, we talked about this pretty much all last season, that the Seattle Kraken are really trying to build solid players and even more elite people to build as the foundation for their franchise. And no surprise to me that Matty Benyard's fits that in spades. So go read that. That's our Goodreads, one of them, because we're going to get to another story by Jeff Baker later on in the show. And we're going to talk also about um, some changes on the forward line and how that might be impacting Oliver Bjorkstrand. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is BetOnline.net is your number one source for all sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur sports league out there. From football, basketball, soccer, and of course, National Hockey League, BetOnline.net has it all. And if you love sports podcasts, and of course you do, you're listening to Locked on Kraken. You can find those on BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always 
is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today, your mobile device, your laptop, your desktop, whatever you got will do the trick because you want to go to bet online, which is where the game starts. Thank you, as always, for listening to Locked on Kraken and making us your first listen of the day. We talked about sports podcasts. We're not the only one as a part of the Locked on Network. And I want to let you know about Locked on Sports today. You can find the biggest storylines, the best quotes, and, of course, the best analysis because it's a Locked on podcast. So head over to Locked on Sports today. You can listen on the platform that you're listening to Locked on Kraken, which, of course, includes the Odyssey app, YouTube, and more. I mentioned locked on, I mentioned bet online, and I want to talk about just a few things that you can find on bet online. They have NHL three way. That sounds weird. I honestly don't even know what that means. Uh, oh, uh, so they have uh, something called NHL three way. I don't know. That sounds like an NHL after dark thing, the grand salami. But then also, I love looking at the futures. Uh, NHL futures bets. Now we've talked about the futures bets for the Calder Memorial Trophy. Maddie Beneers, last time we tapped in, is still the leader in the Calder Trophy odds. Uh, we'll still talk a little bit more about that. But I want to talk also about conference futures, division futures, and then Stanley Cup futures. So let's start with conference futures. So these are essentially the odds that any one team will perform and win out the conference. So the Seattle Kraken, of course, are in the Western Conference. So let's take a look. Those are the Eastern Conference odds, but the Western Conference odds still lie in the hands of the reigning Stanley Cup champions at a plus 210 for the Colorado Avalanche to take the Western Conference. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights are second with a plus 350. The Seattle Kraken were right below our good friends at Nashville Predators we actually have the same odds at 3,300. Um, and we're just above the Vancouver Canucks, the San Jose Sharks, who we play tomorrow. So we'll have a game day episode. It won't be a squad cast, but it will be a game day episode. So you can kind of see where we fall in the Western Conference. So kind of middle of the pack here, I'd say. Um, we'll see how it all turns out. But they don't only have Western Conference odds. They also have division odds. And in a lot of ways, I focus a little bit more on the division than the conference because that's a surefire way uh, to find yourself in the playoff hunt. And and to collect points. We heard from Jordan Eberly a little bit on that yesterday, the importance of being able to collect points, even if it's that one point, you don't know what will push you over the edge. So no surprise, the Colorado Avalanche are top in the Central Division, but we are in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division. So we have some work to do as far as the odds, according to Bet Online. We have some work to do regarding how we're going to finish in the division. Now, I think this is about accurate. If you remember from earlier in the year, I gave my bold predictions. My biggest, baddest, boldest prediction is that we will win a Stanley Cup before the Vegas Golden Knights. It's looking like Vegas is going to make the playoffs. It's a possibility that we could as well. But as long as Vegas doesn't win the Stanley Cup this year, I think I'm still in good shape. Speaking of the Vegas Golden Knights, they're at a, a minus 150 to win out the Pacific Division. They're looking in pretty good shape here. 
the Seattle Kraken are at a plus 1,000. So I said I want us to be jockeying. I saw us in that sixth spot overall, but if we were jockeying for five, I'd be great. So we're right there uh, behind the Oilers in that five spot, according to the bet online odds. So uh, we'll have to see what happens here. And then, of course, we can look at the Stanley Cup odds as well. Who do you think is going to be the... um, the team that has the highest odds to win the Stanley Cup, well, surprise, surprise, it's the Colorado Avalanche. Now, here's something that I don't think a lot of people are expecting, myself included. Uh, the New Jersey Devils are right behind Vegas. So the Devils are in the four spot right now for the odds at a plus 1,200, Vegas at a plus 900 for odds to win the Stanley Cup. The Boston Bruins have been on a tear as well. They're right behind the avalanche, the Seattle Kraken. We are at a plus six, six. Uh, we are at a plus 6,600 to win the, um, the Stanley cup right behind the Red Wings and the Predators. All of us are at 6,600. We're right before the Washington Capitals. Other teams below us, uh, include the Sabres, the Senators, the Canucks, Blue Jackets, Flyers, the Sharks, Coyotes, Ducks, and Blackhawks. So, It's not impossible. Our odds aren't as good, though, as Vegas. So we'll have to see about that. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Oliver Bjorkstrand because I talked about the Seattle Kraken, and I'll show this to you quickly. The Seattle Kraken have changed their forward lines. Now, this was against the Winnipeg Jets. This was one of the games where we spent a lot of time on specialty teams or special teams depending, I guess, where in North America you're from. But Oliver Bjorkstrand, he went from being on this line with Wenberg and Burakovsky to now on a line with Tanev and Gord. So we see that things are changing a little bit in the coaching ranks. Speaking of coaching, again, we have another Goodreads for you. That's coming up from Jeff Baker. But I I want you to hear a little bit from Oliver Bjorkstrand about where he feels he's at with things and, and what he wants to see more of. So this is Oliver Bjorkstrand from the other day after uh, our second OT win. I guess that would have been against the LA Kings. And here's Oliver Bjorkstrand just talking about where he finds himself and, and what he wants to do to be able to contribute offensively in the ways that he hopes to. How are you liking playing with Tanem and Gord so far? I like it. Um... I like how they go north and, uh, you know, they do a lot of the forechecking, which is nice. But, no, they're really good players. And, um, uh, you know, it's been a few games now and I feel good chemistry, so it's nice. Oliver, obviously you're still getting your shots and your chances. Uh, in terms of the goals coming, what what do you think will – is it the first one? Is it just getting a, a bounce? Uh, yeah, oftentimes when I've been uh, in a bad slum, uh, I feel like when I get the first one, uh, it kind of uh, gets me a boost. So I'm obviously looking for that. Um, I'm trying just to stay patient. I mean, I'm getting shots and so on. Just got to find a way to get it in the back of the net. But uh, the, the worst thing I could do is uh, get in my head and get really frustrated. I just got to stick with it. And um, if I'm not scoring, I got to help the team out in other ways. So you heard it there. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Dave Haxtell has also talked about mu- moving Bjorky, as he's known, and trying to get him pairing up with two really hot players. We've been talking about this. Yanni Gord and Brandon Tanev, especially during that five-game win streak, were really upticking. They were trending up when it came to productivity for the Seattle Kraken. So putting Bjork 
strand on that line. We already know he's very pesky in all three zones and can win the puck back. So maybe putting him in a position where he's with a grit and grind line, Tanev and Gord, <laughs> they'll, they're going to find offense. So maybe with Bjorkstrand not having to put in that defensive effort, or at least knowing that he's with two other players, two other forwards that can do that, that might open him up to score a little bit more. Before we get to our next segment, though, let's take a look at Bjorkstrand's numbers. So this is Oliver Bjorkstrand. You can see his numbers for this year over his career. He's played 18 games for the Seattle Kraken. He has only one lone goal and eight assists. So it's not that he's not contributing we have seen that his assists have diminished a little bit, but that's not only Bjorkstrand. I've talked about how actually Maddie Beniers, his numbers there have um, slowed down a little bit. So we've talked about players on pace for certain things and certain numbers, and we talked about Oliver Bjorkstrand and where he was on pace. Again, this the information for on pace came from a site or a, a, I should say an account on Instagram so we can see here that according to Kraken season, Oliver Bjorkstrand is on pace for 43 points. Now, of those 43 points, he's only on pace for five goals. So again, if we take a look at what he's done over the years in his career log, we see that the highest goals that he scored was actually last year, 28 goals. And we were hoping that he could be a 30 goals, 30 goal scorer for us. We talked about that with Jay, who is the host of Locked on Columbus Blue Jackets. And he's on pace to have just shy of um, 40 four points, which is what he had with Columbus in 20, 2021. Uh, his highest output ever was last year at 57. So we'd be falling under that 57 points. But if we can start to get Bjorkstrand going on goals, again, that projected number or him being on pace for might increase because his assists have been there. So we'll talk a little bit more about Jeff Baker's article on coaching for the Seattle Kraken. But right now, I want to let you know that this episode of Locked on Kraken is also brought to you by Simply Safe. Now, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked on Kraken listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50%. That's right, half off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Did you know that during the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts, such a big thing, spike? They spike nationally. That's why our friends at Simply Safe are offering 50% off their award winning security system. So, in this award winning security system, it includes an emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agent that uses Fast Protect technology that is exclusively from Simply Safe. This allows Simply Safe to capture critical and crucial evidence and verify that a threat is real so you will get priority police response. And the 24-7 professional monitoring service, it costs less than a dollar a day and less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that the Lockdown Network recommends. You will get 50% off your new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com backslash NHL. Again, this is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. 
Go to simplysafe.com backslash locked on NHL. And remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you, as always, Locked On Kraken listeners, for making us a part of your daily routine. Some of you listen to us for your first thing of the day. Some of you listen to us as you're winding down. And, of course, there's a bunch in between. Either way, I hope you're safe. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. And I'm very grateful as we tis the season to be grateful and to be thankful. I am very grateful for you and listening to us here at Locked On Kraken. As I mentioned, we have another good read of the day and it is by Jeff Baker how coaching adjustments have factored into Kraken's surprising success it's rare in any sport to see between games coaching get as rapid and visible results as it did for the Kraken in their past two victories the Kraken had posted a lone overtime victory in their first season plus before notching two in succession last week to bolster the team's surprising 10-5 and 3 record. Those victories came after a practice week. Coach Dave Haxtell and his assistants largely devoted to working on 3 on 3 overtime play. One of many adjustments that have worked out well for the entire for the staff that have worked out well for the staff in the season's early going. Quote, we've obviously we obviously haven't had a lot of success in overtime this year. Kraken alternate captain Jordan Eberly said after potting the winning goal in Saturday's extra session against the Los Angeles King. And then the last two, we put in a lot of work and emphasis into it. When you go into these games, those are huge points that you give up. You never know when you may need that extra point to get into the playoffs. So that quote from Jordan Eberly, you heard on Locked on Kraken yesterday. And it's in Jeff's piece because it's so noticeable. And I love this article because it's really breaking down the importance of Practice. Oh, we talking about practice. You know, I love talking about practice. You know, I love talking about practice. And so the coaching changes. And when you have time in practice to make some of those changes, you love to see it. So Jeff Baker has our second good reads of this episode, and it is talking about the coaching changes employed. I would like to see some other coaching changes. And again, if you've been a long time listener, you know, that because of COVID delays, the Seattle Kraken had about a week of practice and dropped a really bad game at Climate Pledge Arena after so much practice. So I've been a little bit stymied this season as to why the Seattle Kraken haven't practiced more, but now I'm starting to wonder if maybe I should have gone with the trend that if we have too much practice, that's actually not a good thing. I was really ticked off. Check the show notes if you want to relive that time in Kraken history. There are things that I think if we had cleaned up earlier, we'd be in even a better place. I don't think we're guaranteed to make the playoff. I have said before, even on our Twitter spaces, we had a bunch of the creators in the Kraken kind of uh, Twitterverse that were talking early on. It was the Kraken pod, if I remember, though, that kind of poo-pooed on all of us and was finger-waving for a lot of us saying we didn't think the Seattle Kraken would make the playoffs. I don't think it's a guarantee. We're playing so much better, and if we get in, it will be because of those one points here and there or one point here and there that Jordan Eberly is talking about. But I don't think we can realistically say it's a guarantee. Uh, there's a lot of things 
including, as I've been talking about a lot, that we're going to reintroduce Philip Grubauer to this team. Now, on its face, that should be a good thing. That being said, I've talked about it so much, and Philip Grubauer alluded to this, and I played this on yesterday's episode, and you can watch the full media availability for Philip Grubauer. Check the show notes. Philip Grubauer never felt comfortable. I don't think he ever vibed with the goaltending coaching staff. He did not vibe with how the system was being executed. And so Philip is not, he's even more to the vest than Dave Haxtell. He doesn't say a lot of things. He doesn't like talking publicly about conversations that he's had with his goaltending coach or any, anything to that nature. But sometimes you can read between the lines. And Philip Grubauer likes how this team is playing. I talked about it, I guess, on Friday's show also. He's been able to observe how this team is playing. I get the sense that Philip Grubauer is a very analytical person. Um, he's a, a German gentlemen, as we always say, but there is a culture, right, to German to Germans and how that plays out in expectations and how you are critical or criticize. I'm using air quotes there how you offer feedback. And so knowing a little bit about that and hearing what Philip Grubauer was saying and then seeing how he was performing, I kept saying he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't comfortable. He wasn't comfortable. I hope he's comfortable this year is all I can say. Maybe there's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He, I think, is not guaranteed to be in net. Now, he does have a big contract. We know that, of course, we want him healthy. And if he can play to his potential, we, of course, want the German gentleman in net. But if Martin Jones keeps playing the way he's playing, and if Philip Grubauer doesn't even improve from what we saw early on, I don't know that he's our number one. I rather him play against San Jose for the trend of it all, right? The momentum that we have right now. But you have to pay attention to the splits. And if the splits look better for Grubauer to be in net against Vegas, that actually could be a really big boon and confidence boost of this coaching staff saying, hey, we still believe in you. We know this is a big game. It's our top, top um, competition in the division. They're tops in the conference. They're tops in the league. And we're putting you, Philip Grubauer, in net. I, I, could, I could get down with that. I don't think it's the decision that I would make. I tend to believe in momentum a little bit more, and Martin Jones has earned it, but we'll see. We've got a game day episode tomorrow, and then uh, I should have time on Thursday to just give you a quick recap. I'm not sure what your watching schedule is like regarding, you know, that other sport or, uh, you know, what your holiday plans are, but I'll be on the road again Friday, so we'll have some time to talk all things Kraken, so make sure you tune in on Thursday. There will be an, a special American, I should say, U.S. Thanksgiving episode. All of that said, that's our episode. Hope you enjoyed those good reads by Ryan S. Clark and Jeff Baker. And I'll see you tomorrow for the game day episode. Let's go cracking.